That's what you now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Prepare to get caffeinated. Yes, we oh are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> BRCC well, we Podcast. And we have a special guest today, Logan. Well, we have a couple technically. True. One's mic'd up and then one's, one's just throwing some ink on a forearm. Mr. Dan Cummins, how are you, brother? I'm good. Thanks for having me. International renowned comedian <laughs> and handsome motherfucker. I'll, man, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You, you guys uh, have, it's funny, but the lady I was working with yesterday, Mary, she was very much into Logan's look. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. give Mary my phone number. That's totally <laughs> okay. He I got... Piercing blue eyes. Yeah, I was like, oh, she, she threw that Midwest thing out there. And I was like, I have an in. Here we go. <laughs> Is she from the Midwest? Yeah, she's from oh. Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had we talked about like childhood vacations a lot. Oh, you're already Really playing. great conversation. And, then, and okay. then I was telling her about the whole, like the the ethos of you guys here. And I basically, I, she wants to live here. She wants to live in the Black Rifle compound. Oh, okay. She's <laughs> Maybe not suggested, but you know. <laughs> I, we always kind of make that analogy, not that I'm like, you know, talking us up over here, but a yeah. lot of the guys and, and gals, but I'll speak specifically to the guys are like yeah. former mill around here. They mm-hmm. all work out, they're tattooed, they take care of themselves. And yeah. sometimes you have people walk in this office, they're like, what is this like a breeding ground for like alpha males? I'm like, I don't know. Genetics program? Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody's like fucking tattooed and lift yeah. weights and yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I know. No, I told our, our VP of marketing, um, I was like, you know, I'm specifically just hiring like super handsome Marines to fuck with you, right? <laughs> like, you met Brady last night. I, so he he's new yeah. on the team. And you yeah. go like, like a little ethnic. He's got Indian in him. Yeah, him, yeah Brady's like 20% Apache mm-hmm. and then like a little bit of German, a little bit of Latin, like, like, Still fits the same, you know, kind of yeah. alpha look. I know. I I, I feel. A little, I, I've been trying to suck in my stomach the whole time I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit intimidated. <laughs> oh, and I didn't even introduce our other guest today. It is the man himself, Will underscore XX on Instagram. Mm-hmm, you haven't mm-hmm. talked. You haven't seen Hello. his shit. You should check it out. Yeah, he's our tattoo artist. Will's awesome. Yeah, and Will's the glue to uh, this interaction finally happening. Yeah. Um, I. Your Time Suck podcast is fantastic. Oh, I've been thanks. listening to that for years, and Will was the one that originally introduced me to it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Will's Will's awesome. I got to meet Will in Salt Lake, and then Will does. I mean, he's so good at tattoos, but he's also I'm trying to boost his confidence with his uh, with his art. Like he oh, does yeah. these like uh, these paintings, but they're kind of like I'm bad with artistic terminology, but multimedia. Mm-hmm. Okay, multimedia like uh, but they're so good, so good. He built me a uh, this like mini guitar a long time ago. So it, like it's like a mini guitar, but it's an art piece, and it's wow. got like skulls on it. A couple of the strings are broken, but it's just a piece of art, and that That's sits so in my cool. office every day. Yeah, he was he he made it for me. I'm like, man, I I'm a very creative person, but when it comes to stuff that he does, I have yeah. no comprehension how to even. I can draw stick figures. I have no. No clue. Yeah, I can't do visual stuff where it's like I, I feel like I'm fairly creative just with like stories. Like yeah. I can write different stories. Like you know, we have like a horror podcast. I can do like horror stories or comedy stories. But when it comes to uh, visual stuff, I had friends growing up who were really good at drawing, and, and I've always admired that because I don't have that. Or like my wife, it's like yeah, we just did some like remodel, and it looks uh, amazing. But she uh, she used to weigh in, you know, have me weigh in on stuff. And I just, I don't know the terms. I don't know how to describe things. He's like, what kind of colors? I don't know what the names of the colors are other than like your basic Crayolas. And I'm like, I'm worthless with hey, this. I'm just, I know you'll make it look cool. 
easy. If you start talking about crayons right now, I'm going to get all excited. And then we're going to go. Yeah, hungry. <laughs> I feel your pain because I'm remodeling a house right now and okay. my wife is so into it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a cool brown. She's like, excuse me? Yeah. It is Southern Arabian yellow with a sprint of mint. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Okay, oh, it looks good. But yeah. it's, it's like the technical yeah. terms right, that are thrown right. around in this house is like insane. It is mocha. Uh, it's, it's, mocha. it's mocha. Okay, you're... Owner of a coffee company, it's Mocha. And the right. terms for all the like the furniture pieces, I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, uh, you know, that's a cool table. It's like a table, desk, or that, I have like three yeah. terms. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's a, and then it's, I don't even, I can't even remember right now. That's a, whatever it is. I'm like, and, oh, and there's okay. like weird like adjectives. Yeah. It was like, it's like a, it's a sit down ottoman or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, it's yeah. a fucking couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sit down ottoman literally paints paints no picture of my brain. It always like wants, my brain just takes those words and just they're just a blank. I'm yeah. like what even is that? It makes me want to like yeah. fight in the ottoman empire like what is a mezzanine? Like what the fuck is a mezzanine? Yeah. Like I want to pick up a spear and go fucking behead somebody. What is a mezzanine? Is that the front part? It's I like, think it's like the like a loft type situation. Uh, Dave, what is the, the fuck is a I mezzanine? I cannot remember those things. Is it an outdoor patio? Outdoor patio? A mezzanine? I don't know. That's a pergola. So we're talking about pergola here. We got mez- Look at a fucking mezzanine. We got the internet. It, it's a balcony higher level. <laughs> yeah, See? Okay. So it's it, a it's, fucking balcony. So it's kind of like a loft, essentially. Yeah, okay. That's my wife okay. gets so annoyed with me because like she starts throwing like that like foyer, whatever, and just my eyes gla- glaze over. Now, I've gotten better at faking it. Where I'm just like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's no, I, that's great. No, I'm, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah. I'm just really trying. Like, but in my head, I'm like, when is this going to be over? When are we going <laughs> to move on to something else? And she's going to be happy and not annoyed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, because we're at like four or five months remodeling our house. And it's it's been a fun process. My wife yeah. is super good at it. She made, yeah. She's making it look awesome. But the terminology has just kind of been insane. Because there's like little like tile things on these like window cutouts that are not windows, but they're like accents in a wall and they're specific names for yeah. everything. And so yeah. same to your point, I'll be having these conversations and I'm just like smiling like, yeah, that would yeah. look great is like an accent black color on that. And I have yep. no fucking clue what she's talking about. We've gone to pictures, which makes me feel like a remedial student or something. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. just like, just can you find something online that is like similar to what you want? And I can be like, cool. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the alternate universe where the women are sitting around somewhere talking about how we like know specific names for all these different types of guns. Like he called this, it's a machine gun and he called it a number. Like (laughs) these guys are fucking retarded. Yeah. He said it was like an MP5 or something. It's a sub gun. Well, I guess they would have sub gun. Whatever. So how did your career get started, right? Podcast? Was it yeah. stand up comedy? It was, kind it of stand up for for a long time. Uh, I started doing stand up back in um, two thousand. Oh damn! And then uh, and then had a kind of like a quick arc where you know you do the open mic or whatever. I started in Spokane, Washington, um, which is actually just thirty minutes from where I live now in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And then started doing like local bar gigs. And then you know it's just kind of like word of mouth, like this the guy who books this bar, you know, uh, recommends you to a guy who books another bar, and it just kind of slowly builds out. And then uh, after four years of it kind of building out, I got a manager, did some showcases. And then I did like the, the late night, Comedy Central, all like the entry level stuff. And that went well for a couple of years and got like a half hour special, hour special. And then it just kind of just hit a, a dead end for me there where not a total dead end. I was working the road, I was making a living, but it didn't keep progressing. Got it's it. like, you know, and then kind of with those networks, if they, you know, there, there's like a new kind of crop of cool kids coming in every year or two. And if you don't, bump up to that next level, they move on to the next crop and see if they can get one of them to kind of bump up. And so then I just, I didn't bump up and then stayed there for about 
I don't know, I guess 10, 12 years. And, uh, and, then, and then just like some random things, like just fell into more things. I fell into reality TV production for a while. Hmm. Like on the production side or? Yeah, I worked on like Duck Dynasty. No and shit. Some, some of these shows is like a, a consultant producer, but really a writer. Oh, cool. You know, so like, you were just, wait, you wrote you were like reality making, television? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's what? not surprise, scripted. Surprise. Wait a minute. So you made Hold it interesting, essentially. <laughs> huh? You made it interesting. Yeah, like what they do on those is like most reality TV for quite a while is they, uh, well, it, it's all about money. You know, like a lot of those things they learned early on with like the OC and some of those shows that if you set up a bunch of cameras and you do that fly on the wall stuff and you just hang out, you know, with people for months, it is, there's going to have to be so much editing done, like yeah. months yeah. of, and that's the real cost. Like yeah. manpower is the editors are the most expensive. hundred oh, percent. And so they realize like, this is just not cost effective. And so they just figured out, like, if you get a couple pre-producers or, you know, consultant producers yeah. to, to do that, come up with an A story and a B story, just like loose beats, mm-hmm. you know? Will's yeah. going to go here and there's going to be this dilemma. Yeah. And then Sai is going to come in and offer this bad advice. And, you know, and, and like, yeah. and you just kind of structure it out. That way, when they go out in the field, it just cuts their shoot time down, like, dramatically. And they can knock an episode out in a week instead of just hanging out for months. Um, but yeah, but I fell into that for a little while. That was the weirdest way to fall into that. Uh, there was a guy, Todd Hurwitz, I'm still friends with him, but I had done a stand-up spot in Amsterdam for, uh, I don't remember what networks, maybe Showtime, but it was like red light comedy and it was supposed to be, I think like edgy comics from around My the world. My parents let me go to the red light district when I was 14 years old. Just oh, really? think, think totally about fun. that. I, when I please continue your story. I just really yeah, want yeah. to drop that and talk no more about it. Mind blowing when you're 14. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when I was there, like there was parents pushing around strollers through the red light district. Like it's a completely it's, yep. different culture. Mm-hmm. They just not, you know, it's like whatever. That's sex. You know, not as uh, freaked out by it. Yeah, no, same thing. I went there once in college and had that experience of like, oh my god, what is happening? And then I went back this time, and how I met this guy, Todd. Why I thought it was funny. No one told me. At least I don't remember anybody telling me that there was a warm up set we were supposed to do before the taping sets. And so it, uh, the day of the warm up sets. I found shrooms and just got blasted. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just like wandering around Amsterdam, the buddy just like out of my mind. And then, and then I ran into like, like I was like near peak and ran into one of the producers and she's like, let's go do a set. And I'm like, no, yeah. like there's no way. And then, uh, the audience is, is a jellyfish. <laughs> what? what? Man, are, are you high? Yes. Yes. I kept forgetting that I was, uh, uh in another country. Cause I had just flown in. Oh shit. And so, so I'd get freaked out for a second. I'm like, why is everyone talking so weird? And I'm like, oh, that's right. You're not, that's not English. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Todd, this guy who was one of the directors, uh, he directed these little like um, interstitials that they were splicing like interviews with the comics in between their sets. He just thought that was hilarious. Uh, Cause he liked to mess around with stuff. And then that actually got me work with him. That's what led to me working in like reality a little bit was just, Getting fucked up and ruining. And they say <laughs> drugs mess up your yeah, future. Right. Help me. Come Help on. Me. Help me. And so, so then I just bounced around with that. And then, and then my kids, I got, I got divorced around, oh my God, 2009, 2010. It's and, 2009. Huh? 2009. <laughs> I Wikipedia you. Oh, it does it really? Say yeah, it says that, in 2009 on Wikipedia. That's right. That's hilarious. And you have a son and a daughter. You have a son and a daughter. You're born May 17th. Oh my God, you have a good memory. Yes. You're a steel trap this morning, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really just blackriflecoffee.com, the greatest coffee. <laughs> Dan, please go ahead. Uh, and so um, my kids, they were fly- we'd fly them down like a, a week a month. I'd go up to like Spokane where my ex was still living. And then my son wanted to come live down in LA. And I didn't want to like split my kids up and do all that. I'd met my wife now. She worked in production doing costume design for like a bunch of TV shows and things. And then we just made a decision like best for the family just to go back to, you know, near Spokane 
So the kids would be split half and half between us, even though that meant like her walking away from her career entirely. And then I actually thought, you know, I was uh, approaching 40. I'm like, well, this is it. Like, uh, had a good run. I can't do any more production stuff. Stand up. If you're, if you're not selling tickets past the age of 40, like it's, it's not looking good. And so I was like, uh, what am I going to do up there? And I'm like, well, I, I should at least get a podcast or something and try and keep things going. And I'd done all these failed projects in the past. And they were all based on me listening to my manager, my agent or whatever. Like, oh, this is what's trending. This is what's, you know, good. You should do this. You should do this. And I kind of came from that good student mentality of like, well, the teacher says I'm supposed to study this. So I should study this. Right, right, right. And then I just reached this point. I'm like, why don't I just do exactly like what I want? And just that way. I fucking love that. <laughs> that yes. way, if it wins, love that. it's the best. Yeah. And if it loses, at least it was exactly. So I just thought, what would I want to listen to? And that's it. That was like the, the criteria. And that's where Time Suck came out of. I'm just like, I like learning about weird shit. Always have gone down like dark rabbit holes on the web. Super dark. Super dark. Super dark. I love it. And if you're if you're a vet <laughs> listening to this show, you will love Time Suck because it is one of the darkest shows that I think is available on podcast. I believe I've listened to Time Suck while getting tattooed sure like you, you are oh, okay. in Will's yeah. studio. Will, probably, yeah. Also, we, we didn't reference that when we said Will's a guest. He's actually tattooing a lovely oh, yeah. wolf oh, yeah. on Dan's he forearm right, right now. So that, he, is, he is keeping his composure while getting stabbed with a yeah. fast penetrating needle. Yeah, fuck yeah. hot ones. We do tattoos on this show. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you want to see it, then you maybe should go to YouTube um, and look up Black Rifle Coffee Podcast yes. and you can watch it. Yeah. Uh, the dark thing, it's, it's so funny. Like, I'm always amazed. Uh, thank God, I feel like a lot of sponsors, a lot of ours, I don't think they listen to my whole show. And like, they'll just listen to, to, air, to air bites. But it was funny. Like, I had to pull back. Uh, I let the darkness like bleed over into uh, sponsors for a while. And I've we have it taped on the wall in the office, like printed out and like, we're going to get it framed the funniest email I've ever gotten where it was for Quip Toothbrush. And uh, and I was like, well, they said like, write it in the voice of the show. And I'm like, okay. And so, uh, <laughs> and I was like, basically I said something about like, you know, uh, Quip Toothbrush, you know, right now is offering some, you know, this, whatever their deal was. And I'm like, and you should really get it because I don't know if you know this, the way like IP addresses work and everything, but the Quip, they know who listens to this show and they know who hears this ad and they can find your home address from that. And if you don't get a Quip toothbrush, they're going to kick your fucking door in. They're going to get a baseball bat <laughs> and they're going to smash your fucking family's heads in. So get Quip toothbrush. Your whole family's going to, like, it's crazy. And then I get this, I get this email later and they, and they just pulled the quote, but with like, no. And it was like, hey, uh, Dan, uh, the sponsor said they heard this and they don't really feel like it fits their brand. And when you're just reading it out of context, it's just straight up psychopath. Bro, I, <laughs> I, I fucking wish I could have been a fly in the wall in that boardroom. Oh, when they're like, and Whoa. like the 24-year-old girl is like, okay, guys, so like, uh, we're going to show, we are so excited about working with Dan in the podcast. Yeah. And they just hit play and it's yeah. like, we're going to fucking bash your head in. your fucking like, family. Just pins and needles, you can hear her drop. Man, that's, that's great. But- what I found at least yeah. in our old podcasts and stuff um, back in the Dream Bros days, like I think it makes more sense to like authentically communicate yeah. to the customer instead of being like the best toothbrush I've ever had. I know. Nine out of 10 dentists, were, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah. man, like talk your shit. Yep. I think it's fun. And, and they stayed on. I mean, they stayed on right. as a sponsor, but I'm like, but now I they have me do like the more generic read and stuff. But uh, yeah, I agree. I agree that it hits more if it's like, you know, appropriate for your audience. And then before I explain... <laughs> The time, it did make me think of, God, there was one, I love this bunch. They're a great company, Lisa. But I'm like, oh, I wonder if they heard this. They ended up leaving. I would try and like, I would do the ad and then you can upload the air check. So they hear just like this clip. 
Got it. And then, and then as I kept going, I'm like, you guys, and it was a really dark episode about uh, Joseph Fritzl, this guy who kept his daughter in the basement and had kids with his daughter for 27 years. Jesus. Like fucking nasty, just an evil piece of shit. And he's like, you know, he, he called out his bottom family, like his, like his, or his basement family. It was super cre- creepy and dark. And, but she's down there. I mean, it's fucking horrific. And I, I had a Lisa mattress spot uh, for that episode. And I, and I was like, oh <laughs> no, you didn't. Did. No, you didn't. Oh. I did. No, you didn't. I know where this is going. No, yeah. you didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was horrible. I was, I was like, hey, guys, I'm like, you should never fuck your family. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to fuck your family, Lisa Mattress has the nicest mattresses to fuck your family. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, pulled back since then. <laughs> you know, incest doesn't feel good unless it's on this mattress. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. Dan. If you're going to trap uh, your family in the basement for an extended period of time, make sure they're on the best. Right, right. What a piece of garbage. I hope someone uh, hucked him off a fucking balcony. I, 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 oh man, I, I, yeah, I preach a lot of death against those guys on the show, but I think he actually, unfortunately, I think Austria doesn't have a death penalty currently or whatever. So he went to prison and. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get any real, real justice. He was evil, evil dude. But, uh, but yeah, but so like you know, times. Luckily, it was a crazy thing when we moved to Idaho. Back to Idaho, yeah. my wife went into real estate. You know, left her uh, production crew behind. I thought I was gonna like dwindle down stand up, and then luckily the podcast like caught fire. Uh, thanks, thanks to Pandora actually randomly. Pandora like you know never got like the the heat that Spotify or whatever did, but for a while it had a big comedy listening audience yeah. and still does actually. And it's, it was the only platform where you could curate as a listener, like what you want. If you thumbed up an artist, they're going to show up more in your feed. You create a mm-hmm. station. Right. And I didn't know that as I thought things were winding down, I was building this audience of a couple hundred thousand people on Pandora, found out about it. And then I was able to market. They had this like, uh, this, this, this like one little thing I feel like saved my whole career. They let me into a beta program called AMP, Artist Mobile Platform. And you could release a 15 second for free audio message to anyone listening to your station. So a couple hundred thousand Whoa. people and you could put a link. So I just started being like, hey, uh, here's Time Suck. This week we're talking about blah, blah, blah. Come up with some 15 second ad. Week one doubled my numbers. Week Holy two, smokes. they doubled again. They doubled again. And it did that for like two months. It just kept growing, yeah. growing, growing. And then, then yeah, then just like, then I was just all about putting as much gas as possible on that fire. And I just started working like craziest hours and just gave everything I had to, you know, building it. And then, and then luckily it's gone since then. And now we have a, a couple huge podcasts. podcasts, right? And then yeah, do yeah. you use that to supplement your comedy career now? Or are you just yeah. kind of just, you're still doing standup? And still so- doing standup, but standup, what's nice is like now a nice bonus. It's like standup, I have the most freedom where um, don't have to work any places I don't want to, you know, and then you get to work with, with uh, whoever you want to work with. I don't get stuck with like random comics. I don't have to do any media I don't want to do. Like it's it's very different now, very uh, controlled. Yeah, I imagine from like a creative standpoint, that's nice because you yeah. get to do like it's a it's a fun outlet. You're like, you know yep. what, I'm gonna do a show and like riff some yeah. jokes, see how they yeah. land, and have fun yeah. instead of being like, I gotta pay the bills, I gotta go to like exactly. Billy Bob's bar and yep. have people huck fucking Miller Light bottles at me. <laughs> right. yeah. It is so. Nice. I'm curious how this next like hour will develop because I mean I've always stuck to my guns, you know, creatively, but, but like under pressure with stand up, where it's like, okay, you got to get these laughs this week because you're not selling that many tickets. And if you don't kill this week, you will not get booked back the next year. And that can make you a little better, but it can also like, there's a lot of pressure then to compromise. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And so I, I love now that it's very much, um, yeah, just fun thing you do on the yeah, side. Fun almost, thing you yeah. do and just talk about whatever. And luckily, like I've done, my sense of humor is pretty dark, but luckily I've done dark enough stuff in the past that like, I mean, 
I don't know how much further I could go. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. But now, yeah. but it's like, but it's nice to know that I can just say, yeah, just say whatever. Uh, well, I how did, uh, sorry, um, like, how did you get on the the serial killer stuff? Like, why why did you kind of go down that? Oh, that for avenue? topic choice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like, I think just, I mean, like a lot of people, it's just, um, there's that macabre interest. But I, I didn't want to only do those, you know, which time sucks bounced around. Yeah. But, you know, like as a, as a, I was psychology is what I studied in in college. And I wanted to be so stupid, like my, what led me to my career choice. I I, uh, I like Silence of the Lambs, saw that movie. Yeah. And like Jodie Foster's character, I'm like, that seems cool. And then just thought like, what I, maybe I could be some like criminal profiler. And that's okay. what kind of, so I had that interest. Interesting. And then I realized like, yeah, there's about seven of those fucking people. Yeah. And uh, there's about 10,000 people who want that job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like very low odds. But I had that like early on, like I remember doing research papers on like Dahmer and stuff in high school. Just that fascination of like, like why, why would someone do that? Like why, what, what attracts people what, uh, to that kind of insane lifestyle? Which I think is why, like, you know, we, a lot of us have those. I, I think with serial killers, why they're so popular too, like true crime. I, I've, cause I've done like noble people, you know, topics, like some great biography and then like a serial killer and the serial killers always download more. And my theory on that is uh, you feel better about yourself regardless of how your life is Interesting, going. Interesting, yeah. If you're listening to a story about a piece of shit. Yeah. Interesting. So you're like, I'm I, better I, than him. I lost my job, but I didn't fuck my family <laughs> on this sponsored mattress. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's so, like- That's solid. Yeah, if you listen to some like crazy, you know, aspirational thing. I mean, some people are going to love like, oh, that's so cool that he pushed yeah. and he fought and he did this. But I think some people are like, man, it's like I'm barely getting through- I don't want to hear about this person who uh, accomplished more than I've accomplished by 40 by the age of 19. What? Like, but I can listen to a dirtbag. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. the psychology behind that and like the progression, like, I don't know if you watched that doc. It was um, like, don't mess with cats. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. thought that Luke, was really- Luke Magnata. Yeah, because yeah. I thought was that wild. was interesting because you started to see like yeah. the psychological like switch uh -huh. of, of, of when he did the cat killing video. Yeah. And then, you know, their research of going, this guy's going to end up killing a human because yep. the feedback he was getting, given it was hyper negative, but it like illuminated this darkness in his heart. Yeah. And he like chased that feeling yeah. and then progressed to actually killing someone. Right. And they knew he was going to. And it's like very, very bizarre to see why people end up that way, like they're raising right. how, where they grew up, their family conditions, like yep. is it nature versus nurture. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of components that are very interesting. I, I think so too. Just like studying the patterns over and over again and, and that like moral boundary crossing. And, and I think it makes like, it makes sense to me on some level too, because I, I got really into like theft and destruction for a couple of years when I was growing up. Okay. And it was- it, Like you personally doing personally, the actions? Oh or? yeah. <laughs> you personally setting fires, you know, working on bombs, like uh, like stealing all kinds of shit, just uh, random acts of vandalism. I was a very angry youth. Over 10 years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. We're, we're good on that. Um, but, uh, but looking back at myself too, it's, it's like, I remember when I was, my dad was living in Las Vegas that time. So it was like Riggins, Idaho, 400 people, and then Las Vegas, such a different culture. Right. You know, and I remember the first time staying in the summer in, uh, in Las Vegas, this friend of mine like confessed to me that he like, I, something so small, like he stole candy from the 7-Eleven. And I remember being like, oh my God. Like I was just so morally like outraged. Like how could you, but that's, why would you steal? Like, you know, don't steal, don't steal, which, you know, it's good. Not supposed to steal. And then it was interesting. I met some new friends a couple years later uh, when I went to live in Las Vegas for a couple years. And the first time I took something, I justified it where like they wouldn't sell it to me. I think it was like a Playboy magazine. Like he was taking stuff, but I, and then I felt like really guilty. I'm like, yeah, but you stole it. And your dad, your family's gonna be so disappointed if you got caught. 
and you get in trouble. And then I justified, you know, stealing a few more of those type things, like porn mags or something. And then it went to like, maybe it was alcohol. It was some, but it was like, there was always this justification. And then pretty soon I flipped this switch where it was like, well, fuck corporate America. Yeah. Uh, they're just, you know, yeah. uh, not paying people enough anyway. So I'm getting back. I mean, it's nonsense, but, I, but it worked. And then I just kept justifying it further and further. I have no idea at this point how I started justifying trying to like blow up random cars and stuff. Like we had the anarchist <laughs> cookbook. I mean, it was getting wild. We like broke into a school, stole their computers, like all these things. Like, and it just got first. But what's crazy looking back is it got easier and easier. And the guilt I felt was less and less and less. Yeah, interesting. And then I finally, when I stopped was I got, I moved back to Idaho. I was stealing from the grocery store. Where actually the, the joke I do about the banana, the same grocery store. <laughs> I would steal their stuff. And my mom worked at this grocery store and I got caught basically, but not, they couldn't quite prove it, but they knew. And, and, and I wouldn't admit it. And my mom, she just looked so disgusted with me. And it just, and it finally like snapped me back and it sunk in. I'm like, God, why am I such a piece of shit? And I never stole anything since that day. That was like when I was 17. But I think about that with those serial killers and stuff yeah. where it's like, they never had anything they to snap them out of it. A little further, a little yeah. further. It's a cat. It's this. And they start to just, you know, lose more and more empathy. Yeah. And then once they go, you know, human in that way, then they're done. Yeah, because you know? a lot of times they just evolve to the point where they're yeah. just like careless because they're just yep. like, I can't keep going on this. I'm just going to do stupid shit to the point where I get caught. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's an interesting cycle a lot of them go through yeah. where it's like, they'll be really methodical and careful like the first couple. And then, you know, yeah. And then like, a lot of times there's this moment in their life cycle, or whatever, where they almost get caught, but don't get caught. Mm. And instead of that being like a wake up call, it's more like, oh, I'll never get caught. Yeah, yeah. It's like they feel like invulnerable. And then they, yeah. And then at the end, like, you know, like, well, like Bundy was that crazy example where he just went ape shit down in Florida at the very end and was a very different kind of MO previously where like multiple victims and all that, like clearly some part of him wanted it to end or, or, or. Maybe they get so uh, thinking that they're just uh, above the law or whatever that they can just do whatever they want or something. I don't know. It's this. Yeah. It's so tough to tell at the end because the prison interviews. It's like how much can you trust what they say? Yeah. You know, like right. they interview these serial killers afterwards, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, but you're a piece of shit. Like who has no soul left? Yeah. Why would I believe anything, anything you say? Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there was that one Netflix docu series uh, on the guy in. LA in, in the early 90s to where he, he was like doing oh, Richard Ramirez yeah the yeah, night the, stalker yeah the night stalker super evil shit super yeah, randomized killings yeah to the point where like he, he ended up to where he like he wanted to become famous like that was his end goal uh, and it yeah. was just it just felt like this was just a really strange means to get right. there because he like really embraced that as he was going through the core process to where he's yeah. just like now I'm famous and like this is that was the end goal there was some comic might have done that done this already, but I, I wanted to do a thing like, I was joking about it a long time ago where like these copycat killers or serial killers who do it for notoriety or like, you know, uh, uh, mass shooters who want like their name outs about how it should be like legal. Like you should, they should be slandered so hard where it's like, like, cause they get that cool press and then yeah, other people see yeah. all this attention and, yeah. they, and they're like, they want the attention too. We should just make the attention way more negative, you know, just like basically like, well, we think that he, you know, shot up this school because he has the tiniest fucking dick. You know, super <laughs> tiny dick yeah. and it never gets yes. hard. And I mean, and it's like, you know, and then make up like wild accusations. We're pretty sure he's a pedophile, but like all these things. So they come up with a horrible nickname so that other people are like, well, I don't want that for me. 
That's what we should do. Yeah. We should we should start a serial killer SOP to where it basically becomes a nationwide roast. Right. And that's oh, what yeah. gets published yep. on the internet, right? Like, yeah. oh, I think, let's fucking take it a step farther. I'm dark. Maybe you can okay. subscribe to this. I think when it's like, you know, the roast of Justin Bieber, yeah. we put him in, hit the electric chair, and we fucking roast him for an hour and a half before we do a public execution. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. But the really I'm, bad I'm ones, like yeah. the oh, really yeah. bad oh, yeah. ones, like yeah. the pedophiles. Absolutely. Like the, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the basement trapper guys. Yep. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I know people always say like, uh, I'm very pro death penalty, which is, I think one of the main points that like, I, I think most of my audience disagrees with me, but I mean- because they'll bring up like, uh, well, there's been instances of people falsely being put on, you know, death row. And, and that's true. But in extreme cases, like, like I just, I hate those cases where like somebody uh, rapes or molests or whatever, and then they go to jail and then they get out and they do it again. And they go back. It's like, there's no fucking way you were innocent both times. There's no right. way. And it's like those, there should be extreme cases where I'm, I'm all for like making a terrible example. Like, like, yeah, have a crazy roast. Like we can get like Roman you know, like, uh, like but, on some of those people have some just like crazy gladiator yeah. shit. You know, Bring back it's, the, uh, the brazen bull. No, it's yeah. just a, it's, Oh my God. It's, it's yeah. a crazy torture where they put yeah. in the bull. No, yes. you do the wheel of fortune and it's yeah. got the worst like death, like the horse one that rips you in half, you know? Oh my God. It's oh my comedy God. guys. Somebody is going to make this podcast. into a movie to where <laughs> yeah. That, that's the process that we do with serial killers. It's very like, um, I don't know. What's the, the, the movie, like the, the purge kind of thing. It's oh, yeah. Very, it's very yeah. purgy. Or we just do this for the Halloween video this year. That's a great idea. That's not a bad idea yeah. at all. I, I really like the torture wheel of fortune. The torture option. wheel of yeah. fortune. That's it, that flows off the tongue. Torture wheel of fortune. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's torture wheel that's, of fortune. Torture wheel of fortune. There you go. Wonder, torture wheel of fortune. I wonder what effect that would have. I mean, some people are, some people argue that it's like, well, these societal conditions that don't that like it has no effect, like the punishment would have no effect on deterring that. But I wonder, I wonder if like, if you knew, because I will say for me personally, going back to my own example of, I was very aware that like before I turned the age 18, just having my shitty friends that I, some of them I had at the time, that if I got caught for certain theft things, that the punishment would not be severe because I had no priors and because I was a juvenile. And if I would have known, at least for me, if I would have known the punishment was much more severe, I truly believe that would have deterred me more. Right. And I wonder on like, these bigger crimes, if the punishments, like, you know, if you get caught, like, you know, serial child molestation, you get, you know, in front of your family, you get some fucking, what are those machine fuckers with the dildo? Like, <laughs> yeah. like Zybex. Zybex. That, <laughs> that thing fucks you I to, saw, to death. Dave just yeah. like, told me what that means. Because <laughs> really, like, what, like, you go to death row and then you just, you wait around and then you, yeah. you get lethal injection. Like, that's not yeah. really a... Harsh punishment at all. Well, there's some of these guys, like I just did one that, I think it came out this week's episode, but like uh, Mark Twitchell, this Canadian, and he, and he was, it was one murder, but it was like beyond guilty, another attempted murder. And then he's in like, uh, you know, this maximum security, like Canadian prison, but it's so relaxed up there. I want to say it's every, it's either every two months or every three months. If you have good behavior, no matter what your crime was, you can qualify for like a three day long weekend conjugal visit where they get to stay in the cell like, with what? you. He has cable TV. Uh, he killed because he was called the Dexter killer because he got obsessed with Dexter, wanted to be him. Now he gets to watch Dexter, has a Dexter fucking poster in his cell, watches it on cable TV in his suite, basically. And I'm like, mm. how, is that, how the fuck is that deterring anybody? Yeah, how you is know, that from, a punishment whatsoever? Right, right. It's like, it, that's, it's absurd to me. And I get the rationale with like, we got to give him incentives to, you know, behave well. I'm like, yeah, or you could kill him. Yeah. Like, you don't have to deal with cable TV and stuff if they're just phones in the back. Yeah, all this medieval like, old torture techniques like makes sense all of a sudden, right? Right, like, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, in certain I, cases, I think absolutely. Yeah, I think you see the, the arguments on both sides. Like, you know, first-time offenders or something. And if they got into yeah. lot, like certain aspects of crime, you want to give people another shot at society. So I, yeah. see, I see both yeah. sides. But yeah. I think yeah. there has to be like, especially now with like, you know, um, biometrics and a lot right. of the other science that supports proving people that are absolutely guilty. Hashtag yeah. OJ Simpson. Like, I think there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, there, there, I think there's, 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 yeah, in my personal opinion, which may yeah. be very incorrect, but I think like, like very horrible crimes. There yeah. Should be, I'm not saying like, go like freaking rip this dude's limbs off or something. I mean, I just say that in fantasy land, but the fact that in my opinion, like taxpayers are paying for someone that killed a whole innocent family with right. a knife, like my taxpayer money's feeding this dude three times. Like, like just get this, oh my God. Get, get rid of his genetics. Yep. I mean, that's, that's yeah. my yeah. personal opinion and, and you can criticize it, but. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's this guy, the one that really got me because it was local. Uh, it's still, it's still messing. It's Joseph Duncan was this guy. Yeah. And it's like, he's so fucking brutal. But he, he had killed a few kids before he made it to Coeur d'Alene. And, and this guy had this history where he had been like multiple sex offenses, you know, child molestation stuff before gets out. And then he's road tripping, essentially, uh, out west. And about five miles from my house, uh, he's driving along. He goes on this frontage road next to the freeway, sees two little kids playing out in their yard. And it's like, I want them. And then stakes them out, goes back that night, breaks in their house, kills their parents, um, takes the two kids out to Montana, this place off a little rest area where my kids and I have gone a bunch of times, the St. Regis, Montana, takes the kids out there in the, for a month in the woods, just rapes them. And eventually kills the boy and then brings the daughter. He's so crazy. He thinks he's going to bring the daughter and like have it be his own daughter now. He's been raping her for a month. Thank God they caught him in this Denny's, uh, you know, just uh, fucking two freeway exits from where my little studio is now and, you know, put him in prison. And then in prison, they let him have a blog where he would blog about how innocent, he, how, how like, what? you know, yep, he gets, he would write on his post on his blog about how people should feel sorry for pedophiles because they're the real victims because they can't help it and all this stuff. And, uh, I would I would leave comments about like I fucking can't wait till you're dead you know just like yeah. <laughs> but I'm like why is he allowed to and luckily he I mean he did die of a brain tumor recently so at least it was painful but it's like in in those instances I would support basically any form of execution on an individual like that I'm like whatever the family wants you yeah. know if the family wants to fucking tear him apart with horses okay all right I'll sign yeah. off on it. You know, it's but, like, like in those instances, it's just like, Jesus, man, it just, it's, I don't know. Have you ever interviewed like a, si or not a sibling, or I guess a sibling yeah. or offspring of like a serial killer? Because I feel like that would yeah. be fucking crazy for someone like your yeah. father was yeah. a serial killer. Like, I know that a couple of people have done that, but I don't know how yeah. open certain individuals would want to be to like associate right. themselves with that, that, you know genetic line but yeah i haven't done that we haven't done really too many interviews but that topic has come up as a possible like the kids the children of yeah and there has been some books i know that um uh dennis raider the btk guy out in wichita okay. uh his his daughter i haven't read it but i think i'm 99 sure it was his daughter that wrote a book about all that because uh yeah some of those people feel so bad where i mean he he went on for a long time and so completely raised her and was like an awesome dad you know, like very involved in church and softball, like yeah, all those things. he was a total things. family man, right? Yeah, total family man. Like had a, a compartmentalized and had two very different lives. And then for her to realize that like that whole time, like what he had done to other families, like that's gotta be the biggest just mind fuck. I mean, ah, oh, man, I don't know how you, I don't know if you'd ever 
fully recover from that. No, I mean the trust well, issues associated yeah. with that. It, like, yeah, ooh. you would you would question everything yeah, after yeah. that. Semi-suspect, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Will's joking about. Um, I've had a joke. Um, my dad. He's he's been a good sport about it actually. But uh, I there's like a running joke for whatever reason. Time stuck recently where it's like uh, my dad may be a serial killer and like <laughs> just because I don't know where he was like in certain dates. Oh, and yeah, so it's yeah. like, well, maybe you know I don't know where he was. Uh, he was he was near this uh, this crime at this Holy time. Shit. I haven't seen my dad in like three days. <laughs> Who knows what he's been doing? Fuck, man. He's a, dad watch. Maybe he's yep. the new Bergheim killer, dude. He's out there in, you know, Texas Hill Country. Uh, I joked about my dad, too, because my dad's so old school where I feel so much weaker than like my dad and uh, his generation and his brothers. But it's like, he was like, he, my dad would have done great in like a wild, wild west, especially in like his 20s and 30s. If he like like a gunslinger, in some Western, like, lawless town, my dad would have thrived. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> he's, a, he's a scrappy, scrappy was, guy. Was that you? I, I, think, I think you did a bit a while back on your father wanting to go back to, like, the 1800s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's me. Like, yeah. I love yeah. that because I hear yeah. people say that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I should have been born in, like, the 1830s. And you're like, well, <laughs> you know, uh, nah, nah. No medicine. Like, uh, you get pneumonia, you're dead. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, we should think science a little bit. That's yep. just, you know. I think he'd roll the dice. I think, I, th- <laughs> I, I, I think the- Send it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No medicine and stuff. He'd be like, yeah, but I get to, you know, like, to handle things the way I want to handle them. Yeah. He'd be like, okay. Yeah. He's, yeah, he'd do a lot better than me. He's a, he's a very, very good shot. Like now, now he's like later in life, he's retired. He's thinking about getting into like target shooting, like, like competitions. Oh, nice. He's a dead eye on that. And then like when he was um, younger, just, yeah, I joked about it on stage last night, but like not, not everybody has seen their father beat up another grown man. But like, I, I remember watching that as a kid and be like, okay, this is, this is weird. Kind <laughs> <laughs> like, of proud of you, dad. I know, <laughs> but also like dad's kind of a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. That's great. I don't know what era I would go because I kind of like air conditioning, yes. you know. Um, oh, I'm soft. I like you know, all the stuff. Vehicles with airbags. Like that's yeah. something we don't actively think about. I have a 72 Chevy, no airbags. You crash that thing, your face is, you know, making a nice imprint on this, the fucking steering wheel. But isn't that crazy how like uh, a lot of those old cars too didn't, at least when they came out, didn't even have seatbelts? No. And yeah. I mean, even when I was a kid, and it's so weird to think about now, but it was just a norm, you know, growing up in Idaho, very normal to throw all the kids in the back of a truck yeah. and just barrel down a two lane highway oh, yeah. at like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And just yeah. like, and yep. like the Northern Idaho woods where like the switchbacks, oh, yeah. like you're, you're on dirt roads and like yep. at any moment you could go caressing off the ravine and yeah. just die. There was, there was a guy in my town who... The generation before me, like, I just remember as a kid being like, hey, you know, like, uh, such a small town. Like, you see somebody who's not quite the same as everybody else. You just have questions. And I think he, he must have been the first person I saw who had, like, brain damage. And so he just act, acted different. And I'm like, what's, talking to my grandpa, like, what's going on with that guy? And he had fallen, yeah, just as a kid, teenager, fallen off the back of a truck and smacked his head. And, you know, it was never the same. And even still, there was like, yeah, get in the back of the truck. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah that, guy, that guy fell off the back of the truck and his, his brain's damaged. Now get in the back of the truck. We're going up in the woods. I mean, what'd you do though? If you had like just a bench seat and it fit maybe three people and you had a family of six, you're throwing kids in the back. Yeah, there's nowhere else for, for them to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that the thing back then? It's like you had like eight kids because like two of them were probably going to just, oh, you know, right. be naturally selected or something. That's that was, a terrible way of putting no, but it. But I mean, was, it's like <laughs> literally to keep your yeah. family line and to work the farms, you had right. to have multiple kids and then you run the risk and liability of mama dying because yeah. having kids back then wasn't that safe. Yeah, we. I only have one sibling and my... Mom only has one. My dad has 
five. Uh, he has, there were six brothers at one point. But yeah, but my grandpa was uh, uh, raised on a farm and that was their rationale. It was 13 of them. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And, That's but, impressive. I know that just one vagina can kick out. 13? Shoot, 13 kids. Dude, that's when you look at your wife and you're like, all right, time for 13. She's like, my insides. <laughs> Please, God, help. They don't have this thing called a mommy makeover yet, but in 200 years, it's going to fucking kick ass. <laughs> God, kid 13. I look. I, I imagine her just like like digging her uterus out of the closet or something. Like, like, yeah, just, right. off. Here we go again. <laughs> time for number 12. Right, exactly. Golly. Different I th- times. Different I think I would have went like right after the Civil War, like shit would have been wild because it would have been in complete dismay. Like that movement West. Yeah. In, like 1870, like there there was no law right. whatsoever and anything would have went. It is weird to think yeah. about that time. Yeah. Like, it's literally the Wild West. Yeah. Like, it, I think it's, a, it's such a separation of like societal thinking when you think about contemporary America per se and like all the things that we have. And just even if you go back, let's just say 200 years, like, you could literally get away murdering anybody. Right. Like, yeah. Right. People were just getting shot all the yep. time. And all it was like a the, thing yeah. instead of fist fighting, it's like, let's duel it out with a six shooter. I mean, I'm the time's a little fucked up right now, but like as far as. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, yeah. But they were still doing the duels. I mean, you know, I mean, cause, yeah, because they would be illegal in certain towns, but not really enforced. And a lot of towns didn't have a sheriff and stuff, but especially Southern culture. Yeah. Like Doc Holliday and some of those guys coming out of there. I mean, that was a whole thing, like an honor duel. And I love what they would like duel over, like to the death, potentially. Yeah. It would be like, uh, you called my mother a miscreant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we must, uh, tomorrow at noon. Yeah. 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 I am not a squire. Tomorrow <laughs> at noon, I will see you as the sun shades across the town clock. I will raise my six shooter and battle to the death. It's so crazy. Uh, but now we're scared about microaggressions in 2021. Okay. Yeah. How I, far always, uh, I always think about that when people complain about like, yes, there's certain things that are frustrating now, you know, like um, cancel culture, conspiracy culture, like all these things is like frustrating, but I'm like still way better than things used to be. Like that argument of like, well, you know, things are going to shit. No, things were shit yeah. <laughs> comparatively. Like it does keep yeah. getting better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you imagine if, if we existed in like the 1870s and we were all, you know, all all citizens of this town, yeah. and there was a serial killer, we would have been ha- sitting around having yeah. this exact conversation, yeah. trying to figure out how to deal with the serial killer. Right. Just throwing ideas at the wall, you know? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Hey, let's time to the horse in uh, yep. like, that creek. That creek's super rocky. That one. Yep. We, Frederick stubbed his toe in. Like, let's just drag him through that. Let's yep. see what hey, happens. Let's, let's, do, like, let's, let's, let's do a dozen let's, of those and then go from there. Is that going good? Let's tell Dan or which bit. The witch bit? Oh, God, yeah. So we have this video and maybe yeah. you can, maybe you can take this and use it in comedy, but we were, we were thinking about doing, fuck it, I'll just say it, but like a commercial and I don't care if I give we're it away. We're going to do it. We're going to do, do it. it. Okay. Who cares? But you take it to like old school times. I don't know what era necessarily. I, I feel when like When do they throw that, witches off like cliffs? Yeah, like 1600s, 1700s. <laughs> I think 1600s yeah. and maybe right. a little bit of early 1700s. Yeah. When they're still doing witch trials. Right. Yeah. So it's just like innocent kind of poor lady. She's like not the town whore. She's maybe like hooked up with two guys. Right, right. But they've convinced the town that she's a witch and they yeah, got her right. tied up to the stake and they're like, burn the witch! And then as it starts progressing, the town men start blaming her for everything. Like, yeah. she made me fuck Bob! And they're like, yeah. burn the witch! And they all start admitting like yeah, every yeah, like transgression own- that they've yeah. done and it just gets darker and darker and darker and like by the time the witch is like, yeah, fucking kill me. You guys are 
crazy, dude. <laughs> I've been having sex with this goat for over right, exactly. a year. Burn the witch. <laughs> and, the, and the townsmen are like, burn, 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 burn the witch. Burn her. Burn her. Yeah, exactly. They're a little bit more like, okay, okay. Yeah, that was a burn weird her. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I masturbate to frogs. The witch made me do it. What the <laughs> fuck, Jake? I don't think Jake's a name back here, but that's okay. Yeah. That, that burn the witch. Oh my God. The, that reminded me of like the Salem witch trials. That was one of the most memorable historical things I came across, like doing like uh, research for yeah. various historical events. They had, it was called spectral something, like spectral witness or something. But during those Salem witch trials, they would have somebody like uh, give testimony about so-and-so being a witch. And part of the evidence was they had a dream where that person showed up in their dream and was not good. And they're like, well, that's a witch. Like you could just like be accused of showing up in somebody's dream and that would be enough to get you hanged. Yeah. This is a prime example how yeah. things have gotten better, <laughs> sir. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yo, I had, a I had a dream that you were kind of bad. Burn this bitch. Yeah, yeah. kill her. She's a witch. Right? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. And if we go further back in yeah. time, it's just a whole bunch of people say, God wills it. Oh my God. <laughs> God wills it. That's so crazy to me that if you go back to like, you know, the, the Catholic church, you know, for the most part in like medieval Europe, we talk about like all these horrible things maybe somebody should do to a serial killer. They did like the worst things to people who might be heretics. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, we're not sure that you agree with the interpretation of this verse the way that we agree with it. So we're going to rip your fucking fingers off. And, and ba uh, like, basic scientific yeah. advancements, like yeah. calling the earth not flat was like, okay, uh, time to rip your hands yeah, off kind right? of shit, yeah. you know? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a thing called a stun and a star, and I think we kind of like orbit around it. Kill that motherfucker. Isn't that <laughs> cr a crazy thought that it's like, uh, like we did, I think, I mean, I detach myself from those moments and it almost seems like a movie, but that, that was somebody's real life. Where they're like, hey, I've, I yeah. made this cool discovery. And I think that this is how the planets align. They're like, okay, we'll talk to you about it in a second. Hey, grab him and throw him in the cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they're just ripping him apart. Yeah. Like, oh, I, just, I just discovered some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you imagine if the flat earthers ran oh society, God. right? And right? you're like, he's doing mathematics? Mm -hmm. Death, death, kill him. You know what's a great show on that? It, uh, it freaked my wife out. It, uh, she got like two into it, but Handmaid's Tale. Okay. On, the, on Hulu. And it's just about Gilead, this nation. It's about like, um, like very strict, literalist, kind of fundamentalist Old Testament interpretation, you know, of like eye for an eye, but like really, and then just kind of like morphing and twisting scripture to like fit their agenda. But it becomes like this theocracy where that's how they're running things. And it just gets crazier and crazier as time goes on because yeah. the rules get stricter. It's fiction or fiction? It's fiction. It's okay. fiction. Okay. But it's, it's like, it's like Amer if, if America, you know, transitioned to this. And just, uh, it, it seems too real but because it is based on like, you know, medieval Europe when right, people right. actually did stuff like that where, you know, they, you have an affair or whatever. Or, no, there's one woman, she, um, she read, she read from a book. So the punishment, first punishment for reading for a book was you get one of your fingers cut off oh. <laughs> and then just, but like, you know, that kind of stuff. And, oh, so we had this, we had this concept, uh, that never came to fruition. It was, we, we kind of called it the ISIS button, but the whole concept was that like, we would take like Americans. Oh, no, the American appreciation button. American appreciation button. Okay. But we would take Americans who are bitching about the current society and then yes. slap them back to Teleport into like Syria. But can you, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. and be like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to get in the car. Women do not drive. And you're like, oh, right. Right. <laughs> but you yeah. take like, could you imagine like, so you're like, oh, let's go uh, visit San Francisco, for example. Right. And, but it was like Vlad the Impaler times. Yeah. And as you're driving into the city, 
you just see thousands upon thousands of people impaled on spikes. And you're like, oh, right. this looks like a super welcoming place. Like that's what it was like to exist in the 13 and 1400s. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that is, and I love that, like uh, the button concept and just that concept of like, you know, like Syria, you said in some of these places where I think people forget who just don't study enough of like what's going on in other countries or whatever, like how good we have it now compared to how many other people have it now. Yeah. Like that's such a crazy thing. Like, yeah. well, like Afghanistan and like the Taliban, you know, going in there, they're already just, you know, gunning down people for like, I like the way it was before. You know, like yeah. that person, it's like, that's crazy that that happened like yesterday. Yeah. Literally like yesterday. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. Our last show was on that. So we won't touch too much. But yeah, oh, sure, yeah. no, no, no. It's totally fine. I mean, yeah. 100%. And I think, I think people are, they have such a large moral compass until it involves them to actually do work. And they're like, mm. oh, blind eye. Oh, I got to check my TikTok or right. Twitter. What's happening over there? Whatever. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's sad. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a tragedy. But yeah, I think people don't realize how good they have it. Especially when you yeah. grow up in like this, sanctuary of a safety bubble that we've created on like generation after generation of sacrifice that right. has provided the opportunity to be a free thinker, yeah, have opinions yeah. and challenge opinions. And then when you start to see it the other way where people are like, you think my way or, or you're wrong, you're yeah. like, no, that's the antithesis of what civil liberty should mean. It should mean that we should challenge each other's thoughts for the progression of our society yeah. and like do whatever the fuck you want as long as it doesn't fuck with me kind of thing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wild because people don't have that. They grew up in great, great areas with law and, and mm -hmm. all these things that you just, like you, for instance, like even getting in your vehicle, a motorized vehicle that fucking took how many hundreds of years to get to where it's at today, to drive to a convenience store, to get a bottled water that's fresh that you know you're not going to get dysentery from, right, grab a bag right. of chips, like the, the basic fundamentals of our existence yeah. that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't think a lot of people understand like how fucking fortunate and, and also yep. how quick that stuff goes away. Cause you right, look at like right. COVID in 2020, like the amount of people that freak the fuck out and were like, I have no food. I have no options. Like the infrastructure in this yeah, fucking world fragile. is so fragile yeah. and people just don't want to admit that. And the second you're like, yeah, I got like deer meat and extra water to survive for like three months. They're like, you're a, prepper. I'm like, well, I think you're a fucking idiot. So let's have a conversation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like, it's wild. It got cold in Texas this winter. Oh yeah. You guys it had just, all those pipes, pipes burst. Yeah. Everything. It just got cold. We had a lot of it people just die. got cold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it went to that shit. Enough. It went to shit. Almost worse than it did during COVID to right. where like you go into the grocery store, like yeah. there was nothing. God, there was absolutely crazy. nothing just cause it, we got ice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not like picking on people, but like no, most but, dudes but, my age don't even know how to like start a fire from nothing. Right. Or yeah. like filter water, you know, yeah. like here's some river water. How are you going to drink it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, it's kind of scary how much I think we rely as a society on society. Right, right. And that thing about, yeah, just people like so, so so soft and uh, like, like the things they complain about because they don't, they don't understand how good they have it. And they right. don't understand what life would be like if they didn't have that thing. I thought about that with, uh, you know, when there was the, the calls to defund the police. And I do understand that a lot of people were like, no, we don't want to get rid of the police. We want to like restructure. But some people definitely were like, we want to get rid of them. Yeah. And they're fucking idiots. They're fucking idiots. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I remember thinking like, you should, you should um, have this option if you really believe that. Well, okay, you get to sign up for something where you don't have to pay uh, a little bit of taxes uh, to support the police. But then also, you don't ever get to call 911 yeah. fucking ever. Like someone is just lighting up your house. Like you call them up, they see that you're on that list. And they're like, ah, good luck. 
No, I mean, yeah. there was a couple of videos <laughs> and I'm just going to talk luck. some shit. It's like people holding defund the police. Yeah. There's riots and stuff. Like they're holding yeah. the signs. Yeah. They get like fucked up by like a Molotov cocktail, hits them in the face or something. And, and they're like, call the police. And they're holding a defund the logical. police sign. I'm like, oh my God. Because yeah. I look at it in like the same terms of business, right? Yeah. You know, compensation influences people to perform and performance-based criteria. So you can't pay someone $2 an hour and expect right. them to be an exceptional employee. You have to be compensated for your time and then their professional development, or yeah. you're going to get your money's worth. Right. It's the same thing with any like yeah. consumer product good. Like you get what you pay for within right. reason. And, yeah. and that's the same thing with the police. If anything, they need to be funded more so we can get better training and, 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 and that like, the, yeah, whatever. I won't even go <laughs> on my a, rant to fund the police. It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. There was a weird thing that we've had it so good for so long now, a couple generations, you know, most yeah. of it where it's like people have lost logic and they don't understand where it comes. I think about that with like the, the vaccination stuff where people are like, well, you know, why do I have to get this? You know, um, you know, we don't, there was this weird thing. It's like basically because people have been vaccinated uh, a century ago with like polio and all these kind of things, we had it so good for so long that people forgot why we needed those how they like allow right, us yeah. to be, you know, healthy. And there's that thought in different ways. I saw that with the uh, the Capitol insurrection too. There was some people like, oh my God, they're shooting at us like the cops. And it's like, well, yeah, you're trying to mount an insurrection. It's like, it's like it was a video game to them. Right. It's like they thought they should be able to do whatever we want. And a lot of people with rioters and stuff and different protests, like, oh, we should be able to do whatever we want. And then, oh my God, the police are shooting at us. Yeah, because you're fucking attacking them. It's like, it's like people have lost, they've, They've been in their, I don't know, suburban life for so long or whatever, or just like, you know, getting really tough online that they forget that that doesn't translate to the real world. There's just, there is a weird like logic disconnect yeah, with a lot of people like recently. Yeah. There really is. Like they're not thinking through second, third order effects. Yeah. Like, there was a video that was making the rounds not too long ago and it was this anarchist bookstore that did a video and they were huh. complaining about how people were coming into their store <laughs> and, and stealing, stealing the books. At yeah. the anarchist bookstore? Yeah. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, that's exactly what that is. Is that real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that kills me when people claim to be like a real like anarchist. It's yeah. like, okay, good good luck with that. Do yeah. me a favor. Yeah. Buy a dictionary and look up anarchist. <laughs> right. You anarchist. Right. <laughs> I made the argument, I think, uh, on some episodes too, about that thing. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, yeah, that's that's a, a great thing. Maybe maybe if you're, um, it goes great for you for like a week or something, if you're able to take, I guess, your neighbor's stuff or whatever, but eventually you're going to run up against somebody tougher than you yeah. and it's going to yeah. end badly for you. And it's 100%. just like, but people, yeah, they don't think, they just like, oh, I liked Fight Club. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's a fucking movie. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a so fantasy. Cool. They don't right. know the consequences of reality. Yeah, but. yeah. It's like weird segue. Why the wolf? Oh, the wolf. Well, um, okay. So I got initially this Idaho tattoo, and it was like my least thought out one. It was like a gift for my mother in law, and we just like went. I, I never do that. Just go to the tattoo shop and just get something randomly. I was like, oh, that's so nice of her. And then I just uh, just moved back. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get this cool Idaho one. But then I just, my wife calls it my uh, basic white bitch tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to get something uh, more meaningful. And then wolves, I just, uh, I mean, there's a cool animal, just like the the way they like uh, hunt alone. I've been more of a loner in some ways as far as just how like with stand-up comedy, it's by yourself. Time suck, you know, by yourself. I have that element. And then in Idaho, they just were a really divisive animal growing up. You had like people strongly supporting them. You had ranchers just like they were the worst thing ever. Right. And uh, I don't know, just, just kind of like a magical animal. And I don't know, I, for lack of a better phrase, I just think they're really cool. Logan has a wonderful wolf tattoo. I showed him last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you it, guys it's are awesome. shirtless. Oh, yeah. He, well, that's, that's how Mary became such a fan. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, Logan lifted up. Showed uh, his wolf and she started howling. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. He just can go into a bar and just like lift up the shirt and just like, you just, if that's how you find yeah. women, just a couple of women in the back. Hey girl, okay, want to join my wolf pack? <laughs> like, God, you need some help on your pickup game. Yeah, but why, the- why do you like him? Um, you have such a big one. I, well, yeah. wolf. Whoa. <laughs> he, whoa. I thought Mary was interested. Not, not you. Okay. The large wolf tattoo. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a little deep and cerebral, but um, I just wanted something that like big and bold that I look at every day that's like, go fucking attack life. Like oh, consume awesome. it to its fucking utmost. And like when, when I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, like it's hard to be passive about trying to go through life. It's like, no, go fucking eat, motherfucker. Like, go That's out awesome. there and get it. I should get a bare face tattoo then, right? Yeah. That way, when I look at myself, I'm like... Spirit bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use your explanation going forward. <laughs> you're yeah. going to hear me in another podcast. You're like, so why do you get the wolf tattoo? I just want to fucking attack. Yeah. I just yeah. Wanna, <laughs> like, hey, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. I just want to attack life, man. Just, yeah. You took it. Dude, I have to, I have to ask you a question because you did a show um, on psychedelics. Yeah. And um, we're... A few of us over here kind of delve into that space a little bit, but yeah, uh, super interesting episode from from my perspective listening to that and like why you wanted to do that and and how that whole process unfolded for you. Yeah, I, I mean, there's like you know research. Well, with psilocybin mushrooms, at least you know too, where they show like the effects. Uh, so much of the drug stuff. I mean, I don't want to go like my a crazy drug rant, but I I hate like drug policy. Mm-hmm. Just in the, I just think it's such a waste of resources. And uh, I think like punish the punish the crimes that people commit while they're on drugs. Don't punish the drug usage itself. And there's like other countries that have decriminalized things, and there's not crazy spikes in yeah. crimes. It's actually like Amsterdam. gone the other way. Yeah. Amsterdam, uh, Portugal, yep. um, has basically decriminalized everything, and there's been enough data on it now because it's been over 20 years. Where, you know, there's like all these benefits of like, you know, some kids are messing around and one of them ODs. Uh, a lot of times here, they're afraid to tell the EMTs what actually is going on because they don't want to get in trouble. So they have to do this guessing game to try to figure out what's going on. And a lot of times that guessing game can cost somebody their life. Yeah. And it's like if they were, if they were able to be honest about it, it would save a lot of lives. And there's all these other things. And like some of them, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, with weed and, and shrooms and stuff. It's just so hypocritical to me that alcohol is legal and I like alcohol. It's like I have, uh, I'm a whiskey drinker. I love old fashions. I have, you know, I don't know, four or five nights a week, at least like a nightcap or something. So I do no problem, but it's worse. It is a more powerful drug and more destructive drugs in in many ways than, you know, marijuana. And so I just, you know, looking into the history of why those things became illegal, it was never about safety and protection. I, yeah, mm. I think I, I'm not completely sold on like the legalized all drug things. I think I'd have to look at that and, and a society. But yeah, like on the weed side and like yeah. shroom side, like that's the thing I always say that too. It's like no one ever fucking like went and fucked someone up on marijuana really right. because the drug. They sat and ate yeah. burritos. And yeah. yeah, if you look back historically why like specifically marijuana is legal, it's crazy. It's and like, then big pharma, you have yeah. the tobacco industry, the alcohol industry fighting as hard as they can because all they see is dollar signs and those dollar yeah. signs are correlated to a lot of health issues. I mean, yeah. especially we've talked about it in the veteran community. I mean, a lot of people self-medicate. I was one of them for a long time where I was like fucking pretty bad alcoholic back in the day. And yeah, it's because like that was, you had to like get out of your own mind sometimes. And then, you know, marijuana is so like, bad. You've been conditioned, right? right in your head to, to believe that. Yeah. that. Whether you're like, the only thing I want to fucking do is sleep. Yep. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. And then, and then what, what's the outlet, you know, the VA or whatever, like, Hey, take all this Ambien or take these fucking antidepressants and change right. it like physiologically who you are and neurologically as well. And I just like, fuck man, there, there has to be better resources for people that yeah. just want to like fix a, a portion of their life. And yeah, thank God. I think some of the section of with medical marijuana and some of the things we're doing in the veg community of like individual treatment, I think we're helping a lot of people yeah. find their individual solution to their yeah. problem rather than blanket treating a lot of people. It's like, here's some antidepressants. You're like, dude, I just can't fucking sleep. Like I don't need antidepressants. Right. Like, no, no, it's because you're depressed. Like you can't, because we sat at a desk and you told me that I, I, right. I, I fucking hate, hate that section what? of, of, and marijuana specifically, a lot of those, it was like a lot of racial legislation too that made it illegal where it was like, you know, fear of, uh, with marijuana specifically, it was becoming popular in like the, the Hispanic community. And there was just, you know, a lot of like uh, back in the day, like scared white people being like, uh, they're gonna, you know, we can't let these, you know. Talking the scared white people, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was, and, uh, it was also really tied to the paper industry, like back in really? the 30s mm. and 40s. Yeah, so. With the hemp stuff? Hemp, hemp yeah. was like crushing timber paper. And so they're one of their ploys to get huh. everybody to turn away from was to criminalize marijuana so that people wouldn't be able to produce hemp anymore. Right. Hence, paper can grow the way that the industrialization wanted it to. And the devil's lettuce, Logan. Yeah, yeah, that, oh my God, what was that propaganda film? Um, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. It's, oh, they made these crazy propaganda films like uh, when they were like making marijuana legal. And it is unintentionally hilarious now. But basically, Wait, what, what, what Reefer Madness is, is just like, you know, like these teenagers, you know, it's like the really dramatic voiceover, you know, like they were good kids and <laughs> then they found the devil's lettuce. And then it just yeah, cuts yeah. to all this like drama where like they're fucking each other and like, yeah, yeah. And there's, no, like that, that was the narrative, like me growing up. Do you remember? Cause we're, you're a little older than me, barely, but like, yeah. uh, like the dare program and oh, yeah. stuff where oh, it was yeah. just like, mm -hmm. Marijuana is a gateway drug. Like if you smoke right. it, you're going to be with a needle in your arm getting mm -hmm. butt fucked by seven people. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to listen to Led Zeppelin, dude. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Fuck, man. I wanted, I wanted a cheeseburger yeah. and to listen to Led Zeppelin. Yep. Maybe, you know, that's and, it. And shrooms are so much uh, with, uh, you know, hallucinogens in general. There's so much misinformation out there where it's like shrooms is a really mild hallucinogen. I mean- if you take enough of it, you know, it's going to be, but it's not, you're not going to be seeing like a dragon come off the wall and come after you or anything. It's just, um, honestly, it's like when I've done shrooms, it just kind of resets me and just like, um, it's almost like a spiritual reset. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a religious person or whatever, but it just makes me like the last time I did it, I just hung out in the yard, uh, between the hammock and the hot tub for probably four hours listening, <laughs> listening to Tool's most recent album. Oh, and, oh that's, and, a, that's and just, a solid session yep, right there. And just yeah. recalibrated my brain. And just and, and I just remember thinking about like, oh, the shit that you worry about doesn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, we're yep. all going to die and that's fine, you know, and yep. part of nature. But like, it was all like these really peaceful thoughts. And, uh, and, it, and it did make me like, I'm not a real anxious person, but I can get a little tightly wound. And it just made me just chill out. The chill out effect probably lasted for a few I've weeks. I've never tried hallucinogenics, so I'm... I'm, yeah, I mean, I have. Yeah, <laughs> and and I would do. I mean, if there was if there were more accessible, uh, I would definitely like uh, mess around like microdose and stuff. Like I would totally microdose with LSD more. It's like um, I've never microdosed. I've done a massive dose, mm -hmm. and then like that was uh, very powerful uh, hallucinations. <laughs> but like, um, I just think there's so much misinformation about like you're gonna end up in a mental institution. It's like no, not no. if you fucking do it right. And so much of that stuff is like if you do it right. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's yeah. drugs as a whole. Alcohol yep. is if you do it right. Yep, I mean, exactly. For fuck's sake. From like yep. a scientific perspective, the psilocybin stuff, like it's psilocin is the active component in that, and psilocin is nature's version of serotonin. 
So it's like your happy drug. So it's like uh, nature's yeah. happy drug. So it it refires your brain in these new ways. And like that's that's the largest commentary around it is what you exactly just said. It was like it's this reset to where you're yeah. like you yeah. feel happy and you like understand mm-hmm. what's important. Like why is that a bad thing? Right, it exactly. doesn't sound like a fucking bad thing at all. Yeah, yeah. Because I get into these loops of I'll start to fixate on things that do not matter, and I'm aware that I'm doing that. But I'll get like angry about some oh you know the the advertising company was supposed to send me this spreadsheet and the breakdown was wrong and you know like they messed it up last month too and then I was but like like it doesn't affect my life right. at all but I'll fixate on little things I'm like why the fuck aren't they doing their jobs and what kind of idiot is working in the finance department why can't they send me the right thing and I'm waiting two days for this email that doesn't matter yeah. and I'll have like fifteen of those things in my head and I'll be life will be fine I'm healthy. Uh, doing fine. The kids are fine. Everybody's fine. But I'm angry because I'm choosing to focus on yeah. these but things. What if I like to be angry like that all the time? Like that's like part of like identity? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've thought of, wondered about that for my comedy. I mean, like, I did walk in here and I was bitching about work right when I came in. <laughs> I've had those weird thoughts about like not wanting to do things because it's going to mess up my identity. But then like when I've done them, I'm like, no, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. Still fine. I'm just like uh, a little more chill about certain things, which is, which is nice. But I'm, but I'm lucky. Like I don't have that addictive gene. So like I have tried a variety of drugs and never worried about like addiction. Like I just don't, I'm, I'm very pragmatic, I guess. You know, I'm not going to do it if I have things to do or I'm around the kids or those kind of things. But yeah. it's like, you know, like, like weed, I do the most just because it, I, it does help me sleep. And if I'm bouncing around with time zones... And I do an edible, uh, you know, nine o'clock at night. I am going to sleep so much better. I'm going to wake up so much more refreshed the next morning and have a more productive day. So to me, it's just um, like a, a good practical decision as opposed to like, I'm not just like, you know, wake and baking and just that would blowing be off okay my day. If you weren't using that as a gateway drug to get banged out and do <laughs> That's the hope. needles. That's the hope. That's the hope. Been, I keep yeah. taking I'm in, this edible. I've been taking edibles forever. <laughs> and I've yet to be butt fucked in an alley with a heroin needle. <laughs> I keep trying. Keep trying. <laughs> Where's this magical alley? <laughs> Yeah, what is the Gator and the Boys or whatever it is? The, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. The old soup kitchen. The old soup kitchen. Dirty Mike and the Boys. Dirty Mike boys. and the Boys. Dirty there Mike we go. and the Boys. Yeah, we were talking about, we just we just need to make that into a t-shirt because we put uh, a 20 millimeter cannon on top of a Prius. And I just want to make a t-shirt with that on it and it just says soup kitchen on it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that needs to be a shirt. We've been talking about that forever. I don't know why yeah. it's not a shirt. We put a 20 millimeter gun on, like a on cannon a on a Prius. Yeah. yeah. Is it does it actually work? It, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. How does the Prius handle like the recoil? Just because they're so light. It's reinforced like oh. rebar all through it as like yeah. we, built, we built like a roll cage on it to support it. I mean Richard Ryan did the build out, but he's he's got another project we can't talk about uh, coming up here soon that is going to blow people's minds. I love that you guys like have fun with it and just like to to make these crazy videos. And when you're talking about your apparel just to like plug you guys I'm seeing more and more people wearing the black rifle around Coeur d'Alene and uh, yeah, you guys are killing it. Like, uh, but I love that you guys aren't just focusing on like one thing, you know, like you got the coffee, but then you also have the cool apparel and you're making the cool videos. It's, it's just fun to watch. I, I've, I've always appreciated like before comedy, good entrepreneurship. And it's come up in my comedy a lot. Like I have very little tolerance for like poor customer service and just like uh, bad bureaucracy. It's why I get so angry if like it's weird at the DMV or different things or weird in some business. I just get, and so when I see somebody running things so well and taking care of every aspect, I'm just like, man, good for you guys. 
Like it's just, it's, it. it's cool to see like the hard work and the dedication and the vision and fun and everything wrapped into it. I feel like yeah. sometimes people give us a little more credit because we really just do like what we want and we want to have fun because yeah. it's like, for me, why would I want to be an owner in a business where people don't enjoy coming to work? It's not a cool, fun culture. I mean, that's the whole purpose of life. It's like, yeah. what's the end state to like make money? Okay, I guess, but not like having a fucking a fun journey and building a mm -hmm. rad team and enjoying work and being irreverent too. And like having yeah. a sense of humor. Like, I think that's what has made the brand so impactful for a lot of people because we just don't give a fuck. We do what yeah. we want. And we're very thankful that people subscribe to that mentality and support yeah. us because lets us do dumb shit like this and talk in a podcast. And, right. And um, yeah. And people, people need to see that, you know, yeah. I think we are kind of our fallback is like this leadership style of lead by example. Yeah. Right? And like people need to see other human beings out there that right. they're, they're making a living and they're yeah. having an enjoyable monetary gain through doing whatever the fuck they want and having exactly. fun it's along inspiring. the way. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you guys, I'm sure you already have, but I mean, we get these messages, you know, similar ethos over at like, you know, time suck and, you know, bad magic, you know, our little production studio, but it, it does inspire. You get emails of like, Hey, listen to you guys last couple of years, inspired me to take a chance and start my own, you know, like, um, open up a barber shop or, you know, whatever it happens to be, woodworking shop, these things and like pursue it and have fun and follow it. It's cool. It's like, it's infectious. Mm -hmm. well, I think you know? there's like this weird, like baseline society and it's like, you build your roots out and, you know, you go to college, some people, and then they, they get married, they get their house and then they, they slowly like divest themselves from their goals and their yeah. aspirations. Yeah. And then they get to such a point where they're anchored down by what they've created in their life that, the, the the opportunity to go take a risk becomes mm -hmm. drastically more complicated because mm -hmm. you maybe have a family and you're married. You got like a, a two cars that you're paying on. Like the risks absorbed in those like calculated like decisions to like maybe go chase your dreams become right. way harder. And, yeah, you know, and and that that's fine. However, people's lives turn out. I just wish more people, and hopefully, we can be a vessel for people to be inspired. Is like to actually. Do what the fuck you want to do in life. Like, mm -hmm. there's no dress rehearsal in this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Like, you get one shot. Yep. And that's, if you believe in an afterlife, that's great. But in this consciousness, as a exactly. human being, you got one. Yep. And it's easy to, like, read that on a Pinterest comment. It's easy to, like, say that, but to live it. Yeah. It's fucking hard. And it takes, like, an understanding every single day to, like, recalculate yourself and mm -hmm. go, man, I really... I just want to enjoy today, spread positivity, yep. spread love, make people laugh and like do epic shit because like the word, my, my biggest fear and has been in life is like that deathbed thing. Mm -hmm. And I look back and go, fuck man, I didn't, I was a pussy. Right. I was right. a pussy. I didn't yeah. take a risk, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, then the people that go, well, I want to live forever. And you know, jumping out of planes crazy for me. It's like, no, like I'm willing to take that calculated risk and trust yep. myself and let's, let's go, let's go enjoy it. Right. Then you have such a better perspective that promotes your internal happiness because mm -hmm. you've seen life, you've experienced it rather than just kind of coast through it. And, and even if like, you know, like in those things, I totally agree. And it's like, and if, you know, somebody falling out of the plane, then like, uh, the, you know, the parachute didn't open. Well, maybe they lived uh, a lot more life yeah. in their 40 years than the other person who didn't take any risk and died at 80. It's like, like I think about, like, I feel bad. I feel like lately in my acts of like that, I've been trashing my mom. I love my mom, but <laughs> she is like... um she doesn't live like that. And so I've seen this example of somebody who doesn't take any risks and is worried and like, it's not, she's not happy. Right. And so it's like, and she's always waiting for the other shoe to drop and always like worried. And I'm like, mom, yeah, it is going to drop. 
We're all going to die. Like all those things that you worry about are going to happen. And you having worried about them your whole life isn't going to have made the pain any less or whatever like that. So why not just like, don't think about, you can't control it. So go enjoy your life and don't worry about what your neighbors think or those kind of things. And just, and then when those things happen, they're going to happen. But at least in between those things, like you're living the life that, you know, you want to live. Because I do look at like, if you're, if you're just ha- like, what is the goal? You know, what is the goal of life? And it's like, I think just, yeah, to enjoy it. Like just you said, you get one ride. pursuit of happiness, my, man. My two ones are, my, my whole point of living is laugh and come. <laughs> pretty live, pretty solid base Live, laugh, come. That's live, solid. Laugh, come. That's solid. You know? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I had one of those moments after we came back from the from the Alaskan bear hunt and like, you know, we're on these tiny little puddle jumpers yeah. and, and like, it's, it's a little sketch, but I was like, you know what? Like, if this thing went down, like, I'm all right. Like, yeah. you know, I, I fucking lived it and mm-hmm. I'm okay with all that. Like yeah. there's enough for a few chapters of a book and like as a byproduct of that process, yeah. see, I was like, it kind of like felt freeing to just like go and freestyle life after that. Like yeah. you feel like you already did yep. a lot yep. and move forward and just like keep that, just ride that wave. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the whole mm-hmm. thing, right? You can't let fear drive your ship. Like whichever way you right. want to steer it, do that. But like, I think too many people let fear and trepidation drive their ship. And that yeah. that's a fucking quick dirt nap to depression. Absolutely. And I've, I've fell into that multiple times in yeah. my life. And yeah, I, I like most people do. shake yeah, it too. off oh, and be too. like, whoa, yeah. okay. Like, I don't know how I just got here, but right. I'm here. And it's like, you got to reset and, and just, yep. I mean, I've, I've upped and moved multiple times in my life just to get out of a toxic environment. Like I hate everything, my job, the person I'm right. with, where I live. I'm like, Fuck it, I got a rucksack and a and a positive attitude. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm going. <laughs> we'll see yeah. where the road takes me. That's odd. We're uh, with tattoos here. There's one I've been meaning to get forever, and I just gotta like uh, talk to Will to get the design figured out. But uh, I've always loved this quote. Well, it's actually a Rage Against the Machine lyric, but uh, fear is your only god. And I've thought about that like so many times yeah. in my life. And, and I want to use it for a reminder for myself too. You know, just to like when I'm getting worried about taking a risk or, you know, uh, I, I don't want to do this and I don't even understand why I don't want to do it. Maybe there's other voices in my head and it's like, why am I letting, you know, like fear, irrational fear rule my life? Cause I've seen so many people live their lives that way. They just live their whole life just afraid and worried and ugh. As long as you're ready for your wife to call that a basic bitch tattoo, even though you're covering <laughs> this one up. It's okay. I have happiness as a warm uh, gun yeah. on my arms. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to weave it into... Yeah, I know. I, I like know. it. That's a really good yeah. idea. I'm just messing with you. Oh, yeah. No, I want to weave it into... Um, there's this graphic novel I like called Preacher. It's uh, Garth Ennis and it's just like this crazy, crazy story. But he has like this God character who comes to earth and does all this crazy hedonistic shit. But just the illustration, uh, just like, you know, like white eyes and kind of like the long flowing hair. I just pictured some like that face woven into a fear is your only God thing would be fun. But I've been thinking about that for a decade. I got to gotta figure it out. Good thing you got a good tattoo I know, artist I know. and you just now explained I'm glad, I'm glad it to I'm him exactly on the show. talking to Will about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just be ready for that onslaught from the wife. Like, oh, what are you, 18? You got a fucking rage against a tattoo <laughs> quote on your arm. Right, right, right. Need I like that rage against a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like the... My, I'm lucky where my wife is, uh, I mean, I was, you know, I was married before and like my wife now is, and, and the first, my first wife is a good, she's a good person. We're just not the, truly the cliche of like not right for each other, right. but she is very much an inside the box person and it's worked out very well for her. She has a good corporate job. She's climbed up this ladder, worked at the same company the whole time since she's been in college and like this very kind of linear, that's what she wanted. Where the people I dated before were uh, a little more reckless. And stuff, but then I had this like 
kind of like mom, like what a parental voice in my head of like, that's not the proper person. And that's not, even though I wasn't that person. And, um, and my wife now, like she's, yeah, she's uh, a little nuts in some ways like me. And we both have a very much of like an outside the box, like, like tattoos, whatever. She's just like, whatever that makes you happy. Cool. You know, like, uh, so I joke with some friend, I, I've, just never had time, whatever, like that, to like get into like motorcycles or whatever. But I think this next summer, I'm going to finally get one just to go ride around locally and stuff like that. And a lot of people, I feel like at this stage in life, well, I've heard just friends be like, well, I had one, but my wife wouldn't. Like, my wife's not like that at all. It's, it's so great. Yeah. She's like, yeah, whatever. That makes you happy. Fucking whatever. Yeah, dude, that's such a good point. Because I saw this thing on social media not too long ago, and it was a photo of Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. And like that motherfucker is still directing films at 91 years old. And I was like, that's that's so inspirational to me to be like so far away from that age and be like, that motherfucker is still getting after it every single day and making movies. Like it, like it Mm tees you up because I think a lot, yeah, like a lot of us coming from the military, like. We didn't think we were going to exist. Wow. You know? Yeah. You, you thought you were going to fucking die. And that's just the way it is. So it's almost like you got a wall up to a lot of the future and what you could yeah. potentially be capable of. And you got to fucking punch through that a lot yeah. of times. And like seeing examples like that where this dude's like a tremendous career, but he's yeah. still working his ass off. Like I love seeing shit like that. Do you find that freeing then now if you, if you had that? Because I mean, I you know, I was not in the military. It's like I admire uh, people who were very much, but I, like not having that personally... If you had that mentality for a while when you're younger and then you're home, you're out, does it feel kind of in a sense like bonus time? Yeah, I it think does, if, and it doesn't. Yeah. If you find mm. the perspective, I mean, I've, I've talked a decent amount over the years about transition and stuff because that was one of the hardest times of my life. But I, I remember that I got out of Ranger Battalion in the quad and, um, you know, I ETS, meaning I got out of the military. My platoon went to do a training exercise. I remember standing there and I was like, Okay, I'm not dead and I'm out of the army. And I had no plan. Like, like what now? Because I like to Logan's point, it was just like the expectation mm-hmm. is that you're 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 gonna like kick the bucket and then you have that weird psychological moment where you're like, I'm not dead. What do I do? And I think it's just a yeah. sense of finding purpose and like yeah. drive and figuring out what you want to do. And that takes a lot of trial and error. I don't think that there's any, you know, quick fix or help yeah, book that no says this is what you should do with your life. Yeah. And if people say that, that's what they want their version of their life for mm. you and not mm. your own personal mm. version. And it takes time, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so it's hard to get upset sometimes when you like really recalculate and go, yeah, I probably should have been fucking dead lots of times. And right. I get to sit here and drink coffee and bullshit with some friends. Pretty, yeah. pretty epic moment. Yeah. yeah. And I think that almost gets ingrained to you to a point. Like if, if you think, you know, any type of routine or habit, you know, that gets ingrained in you as a human, if you think like, I'm not going to be here, I'm not going right. to be here. Like, your brain is going to think that way naturally and you're not even really going to recognize it even though you're no longer in a threatening environment. Right. And so you have to like decondition your own brain to be able to like, no, you have to plan for the future and ask yourself what you want to do on a regular basis and then actively like go through this trial and error process to fucking figure that out. Isn't that interesting how like, like, yeah, there is like such a different path for every person and like every, uh, what kind of unlocked, when I was talking earlier about like starting Time Suck and all that, Another thing I did, and I don't even had the book recommended to me. I've never been like a self-help kind of book guy, just for whatever reason, they just didn't speak to me. But I found this uh, book and it was actually written by another comic, Chris Hardwick, uh, The Nerdist Way. Nerdist never way. a big popular book, but it was uh, it was applying video game strategy to your life. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I found it fascinating and it spoke to me because I played a ton, did a ton of gaming growing up. Yeah. And basically it was, and it was speaking to nerds and I was kind of a nerd in some ways, growing up still am in some ways for sure. And it was... Um, 
it was like this, like these exercises you work through to like work through these roadblocks. Like, uh, do you have this like voice of doubt in your brain? Do you have like this concern that people are going to like be like, hi, I told you so when things don't work out, like all these things, what is the worst case scenario? And it was like, write it down, write it out, you know, a lot of kind of stuff. And then the main lesson was, uh, there's a lot of people who are very good at video games and they, they know how to level up. They, they can beat the bosses. They can get to the end. They can set all these high scores, but they struggle with like regular life. And it was like, what mm -hmm. if you took the same mentality you apply towards, you know, marching through these levels yeah. and applied that to your life. And it gave me a little bit detachment. Interesting. And I started looking at marketing and things for times like, like a video game and just like made, and for whatever reason, that's what I needed. It wouldn't work for everybody, but it helped me tremendously. I depersonalized all of it. Yeah. You know, and I just looked at it like I'm trying to set a high score. I'm trying to market this uh, because I want the high score yeah. and like how many, you know, um, click-throughs I can get on this. Um, playing with this ad and trying to read it so I can hear from the ad and see if I can get the top score, you know, where I get like the best kind of, uh, I'm trying to make this like the most memorable joke. And yeah. But it's like, it, yeah. Yeah, I've kind of heard that video game analogy. I mean, it, it is funny. It's like you're trying to get the coin and, and rescue the princess in mm -hmm. life a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Especially like if you're, say, you're really good at one game and there's a sense of comfortability because you know you're better than peers. So you yeah. continually go back to that game and that's yeah. your one version of success, but you yeah. never want to play a different game because it's challenging and new. Right. And I think that's a lot of correlation between that and life in the sense of like, we become comfortable with the things that we're decent and in our peer group with. Yeah. And then stepping outside of that box and being like the dumbest guy in the room or the worst at something, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's such a impact on your ego that you have to right. get past. Like, it's okay to be fucking stupid and not know sometimes. That's yep. what knowledge is. Like, yep. you have to, like, at some point you were bad at everything. When you came out as a little fuckhead out of your mom's vagina and you're like, right, what's right. up world, bitches? Like, yeah. you sucked at everything. You couldn't even put a sentence for it together and you shit yourself. Right. So you learned how to not pee yourself, right? Yeah. It, it's been progression since day one. And I think people get stuck in that monotonous, mundane lifestyle and if that's what you want, that's great. Like, if you right. want to climb that corporate job, yeah, if it makes climb you the ladder, happy. go for it, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but exactly. For the Truly. people that want to do it, fucking switch levels, switch yeah. games. Yeah, there's that, what's that cliche or quote, like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah. It's and true, though. I, yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Because then the more you do it and the more new things, you, then pretty soon that becomes your new normal, where you're just used to kind of flailing around, but then you know, based on all the prior experience, examples, that you will figure it out. And then, like, your, yeah, your confidence grows. Yeah. I think there's ways to condition that, honestly, because I've fell into that sometimes. It was just like, if you try to do one thing, even if it's a small thing every day, that kind of makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And that could be as simple as like learning an instrument, right? And people like, I hear it all the time. I want to learn guitar. I've always wanted to learn guitar. Yeah. And, and I'm like, it sucks. Trust me. Yeah. To learn how to play yeah. guitar sucks. You yeah. have to, but you have to allocate 15 minutes and you're going to get pissed off. You're going to get frustrated. Gonna Your fingers are going to hit. <laughs> yeah. Your freaking girlfriend or wife's going to be like, shut up, you, you suck. Like, play yeah. Bon Jovi. You're like, I can't even play Green Day. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But like, shit like that that yeah. makes you uncomfortable and gets you out of yeah. your comfort zone is, I think, a, one of the most freeing aspects of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, you got to acknowledge that point that you're going to reach that precipice where you're like, so everything clicks in it, right? Like, yeah. we, we've been doing a bunch of flying in the wind tunnel lately and like, oh my God, I, it's so rewarding because it, it hits on a few different factors. Like it's it's a cool activity. Yeah. You get to learn your body in unique different ways, you yeah. know, and you're, you're working through this, but like you get this awesome feeling afterward. And then it, like that stuff stacks on top of each other to be like, oh, I want to do a new skill and I want right. to do a new skill. So yeah, like conditioning yourself to like just pursue this new shit. Well, right? Once you bridge that frustration, that's where the, the positive attributes because you feel a sense of like purpose and success. Like, when you go back in the wind tunnel to use his his reference, 
when you get in there your third time, you're like, oh, I'm starting to get the hang of this. And then you watch video of your first time and you're fucking hitting the glass yeah, in there yeah, and yeah. the guy's trying yeah. to hold you. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, dude, I'm doing like 360s and then going up and down. You That's see that awesome. progression and it's something to hang your hat on. Like, I didn't know how to do this a month ago. Right. And I made the time instead of sitting on my couch and watching Netflix. That's awesome. Just, uh, yeah, I wish more, yeah, I wish more people would do that. Just, and, and just be, I wish more people would be okay with like, yeah, you're gonna look like an idiot at first and right. that is mm-hmm. okay. You know, like, uh, I, th- I feel like so many people's kind of, uh, they've allowed themselves to have fragile egos. And then, and then that ego just holds them back yeah. from so much stuff and then just gets more fragile, you know, over time. And it's like, oh man, break out of that box and you'll be so glad you did. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a, an imaginary jury that's fucking judging right. you about whether or not you can <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking learn this task. We're like, nobody fucking cares about you. Just yep. fucking figure it out. That's the thing too. That, yeah, we, yeah, we get in our heads. We're like, you know, like that thought, like we're the star of our own movie, all of us. Yeah. But it's like, no, we're not really though. Because like the, the other actors don't give a fuck about your movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they actually do not care. Well, it's care. like the person that yeah. doesn't want to go to the gym because they're yeah. like, well, I don't want people to make fun of me because I can't right. lift heavy weights. <laughs> no one's going to do that. that meathead. <laughs> yeah. Go lift your one pound on the tricep extension. Like get right. it, girl, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. send it, bro. Like fucking do it, man. And, and, and it's weird all these imaginary things people build up. Yeah. Where it's like, I've been to like, you know, so many gyms like over the years. It's like, I've never seen that. I've never seen someone come in and then everybody look, huh, look at this weak piece of shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, gather around. Oh, you can't bench 225? <laughs> look at him. He's wearing the gray sweatpants. Isn't it? His ass is all sweaty. Look at this guy. Right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. Well, the only person I might judge would be the old gentleman that winks at me in the sauna in, okay. in, in okay. gyms. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's his thing. I get it. Yeah. I have He's high cheekbones and light eyes. Like, I don't fault him. <laughs> yeah, but. is that a thing when you get older where you're just like, I'm going to be fucking care. And naked in public oh. spaces. Dude, just swinging <laughs> Hey, it's, yes, it's, it's Wayne Gretzky. Yes. You're a hockey guy. You miss every shot you don't take. So if you take 10 shots on a twink, oh you might get one of them. Like, I'm just saying. There was at the y- this YMCA in Santa Monica where I would work out. And it was like, I mean, it was not even, not sexual, but it was just these old guys talking shop or whatever. But there was like 10 of them. And they would just hang out in the locker room, just saggy nuts and just, mm-hmm. you know... And why is it always, bushes. it's always just like the, yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very day today was yeah. pretty good, right, Brad? All oh, the glutes got worked. You're like, man, okay. Hey, again, well, to each their own, but, but I don't think on. I'll be in that circle. <laughs> Dude, no. when I was, I was out in LA a couple of years ago before COVID hit and uh, I was super hungover. My buddy's like, hey, you got to go check out this Korean spa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go out. Every good story starts that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just hit the sauna, hit the ice bath, you'll feel way better. I was like, all right, go. And I went to this Korean spot and there was like, there's a little section in this that where like, you just go and take naked naps. And, and oh. there's just like a bunch of people just like napping? sleeping, na- na- napping in there naked. And I was like, that's so strange. My friend was just telling me about Korean spots and he's saying like, they scrub you down and like one, like there's these stations, a certain kind you can get. And he said that if you have a bunch of tattoos, that like in certain traditional kind of like uh, these spas, they'll leave. Like they don't, they don't want you. It's like some weird taboo thing. Oh, Have wow. you heard that, Will, too? Yes, yes. It's, it was big over there just because they- Because like, of the, more Japan, maybe the Yakuza yeah. or something? Yes, it's all started with that. So it just has that stigma of only criminals. Have only criminals mm-hmm. have only tattoos. Only criminals. Two years ago, Japan finally went legal with tattoos. It's been that long. It's been illegal for this entire long for like three, 400 years or some shit. Mm. It's ridiculous. That's crazy, wow. yeah. I mean, I did uh, date a girl once and her mother said, I can't believe you'd date someone with that type of character. And we're like, what? Because character? I had, because I had tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
coming out of like a special operations unit where everybody's fucking tattooed because right, their job right. was to shoot bad people in the face. But hey, and whatever. That's a, and that's yeah. a weird thing, like like getting out of your box. I'm amazed by how many people just um, don't examine their opinions. Like like they just say shit and they don't know what it means. <laughs> well, I and they just don't judge it. me. That's been this whole podcast to me. I've said a lot of shit. Most no, of it's can, not yeah, accurate. Can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I have like a lot of uh, uh, like my family. I'm, yeah, but I'll, I'll be like, yeah, but why do you think that? And there's literally no answer. Just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, then why do you say it? Why do yeah. you say it? Because my mom said, I actually have a tattoo on my ribs that says, um, I love my mother. She hates tattoos. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I got it just to show her because she is, she I hates do that. Them. My mom doesn't like tattoos. Oh, Bless her. I love them. my mom. We have a phenomenal relationship. Yeah, yeah. She's one of my favorite, but like, my mom thinks I look like an ex-con. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's her, her take on me now. She's like, you look like you just got out of prison. I'm like, what? You're not like, even that you? tattoo. I know. You got exactly. like, you got like traditional many. style too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but in her mind, you know, like any of them, like you get a couple, and it's like, well, all right, well, now you're the thug. It's like, where does that even come from? <laughs> my, my mom gave me shit for years, and it's, it's my profession. <laughs> right, right. Will said it, his mom gave him shit for years, but it's his profession. <laughs> it's funny. Like Ten years deep, and then finally she comes and sees my 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 business, my home, and sees how I'm living, and she's like, I think you're gonna be okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm a decade in now. But thanks for the support, mom. Oh, oh my God. My, my mom, same thing as far as the support. She didn't understand. Like we grew up, you know, again, tiny town. And for whatever reason, another just kind of like not really examined uh, thing to say, it was doctor or lawyer. Those at some point in her life, yeah. those were the two professions that were the most honorable professions. And if my son could be, and I did like- Is well your in, mom Asian? No, but oh. she like, <laughs> yeah, but she- um. That, like I did well in school and she put this expectation in her mind in grade school of like, Danny's going to be a doctor or a lawyer. And then so disappointed when I like stopped going to college after like, you know, bachelor's in psychology and worked at a gym for a little bit and just tried to figure things out. And then when I went into comedy, like not happy, not happy. And then it, it took same, she tried to talk me out of doing standup. I mean, she was even like 12, 13 years in, she was like, so how much longer are you going to be doing this? You can still go back to, you can go back to law school. I'm like, I never wanted to go to law school. Right. Like, yeah. But like, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is like, is, is the era, right? Because yeah. historically, especially my parents or specifically my dad's older, you know, he's almost 80. Yeah. And I think growing up, you know, like that, there wasn't like the internet, for instance, and there wasn't the opportunity to kind of succeed in a really yeah. fast way. I mean, to build a business back then required so much capital or innovation. Right. Whereas now it's like everybody and their mother on Instagram is an influencer. Yeah. And like, whether you like it or not, the bitch shaking her ass on TikTok probably makes more money than both of us. Right, you know, right, right. She's making 80 grand a month on OnlyFans. And it's like, at what point can you be discreditory towards that if success is based solely on monetary advancements? Well, then they're succeeding more than us. So it's like, yeah, yeah, how do yeah. you discredit the process, right? They're hustling. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not you morally or ethically agree, that's completely different. Sure, but, but financially. That shit didn't exist back in the day. Yeah. And I think the same thing when I started business, it was kind of like, my dad used to be like, are you still like selling a coffee bag or something? It took me to show him like, <laughs> our facility like that. We have 30 employees like, yeah. oh, oh. Wait, so like people buy your car? I'm like, okay. It just, it took a while yeah, to like yeah. get the gears rolling in his head as far as like, no, especially with phones, like right. just ranting, but he's like, you're always in your fucking phone. It took me probably 10 years to be like that. It's a smartphone. Yeah, I'm doing work. Computer, computer. Right. Right. And then right. once that clicked of like, oh no, I do emails and text and business and applications. Like this yeah. is, I, this is my mobile computer. Like, right. Sure. Right. 
Yeah, give back to your point, Dan. Like people just get imprinted with something. Yeah. And they don't even know why. They don't know. Right. And, and then they just get stuck with that. And, you know, that's why marketing works a lot of times and yeah. propaganda is because they're just yeah. like, that's the first initial impression they get. My mom was the same way with tattoos. And then she, oh, you're not going to sin on your body, are you? I'm like, what? What, the, what are you even talking about? You right. sin on what? On my body. To sin, oh, yeah. Oh, sin, on, sin on your body. Yeah. And then I come back from deployment one time and she's got tattoos. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? And it was the same way with guns. Like my mom didn't want them anywhere in the house. Huh. And then like I take her shooting and she goes oh. all Macklemore. I mean, she's like, ah. this is fucking awesome. I'm like, I know. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. <laughs> It's like, take me to the gun shop, hot Logie. Yeah, I, I wonder Buy if like- Buy me a gat. Mama wants a gat. Mama wants a gat. <laughs> I don't want, I want a revolver, 357 stub nose. Like, God, mom, you're kind of gangster. Yeah, <laughs> it just gets back like, people fear what they yeah. don't know. And it's like, mm -hmm. before you fear something, like, get into it. Like, yeah, figure that, it that's out. That's right, yeah. Because they can Understand fucking it. own let's your make, whole entire existence. Let's make motivational shirts that just say, go try sushi. <laughs> right, right. Because okay. if I fucking hear someone say they hate sushi and they've never tried it, yeah, I'm gonna delicious. Dream about bitch slapping you. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but I'll dream about it. Affection yeah. correction. You get the correction side, straight up. Yeah, that's my that's my grandparents. I remember like that they had the sushi. They found out like we you know ate sushi and and they just couldn't get out of their head of like raw fish. Yeah. Ugh. Raw fish, it's like, no, I'm not just going to get in a fucking trout. <laughs> hey, mama, pull this catfish out of the sewer line. You want some fucking sushi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it works that way. Well, shit. This episode should maybe be called um, Serial Killers, Drugs, and Motivational Sushi. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's I, a good like. <laughs> we really ran the gamut on and a lot of soup things. kitchen t-shirts. Soup kitchen t-shirts, yeah. <laughs> Basement mattresses. <laughs> well, Dan, so uh, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but what, what are your podcast podcasts? Oh, yeah. Like where, where and people can check you on your show. Like where do you, if, where can people find you directly? Um, if they just Google Dan Cummins, they can find like the tour dates, you know, they're C-U-M-M-I-N-S. Yeah. C-U-M-M-I-N-S for the, the tour dates. And then the, the podcasts are Time Suck for the history, true crime, cults, that kind of thing. You know, one episode a week and then Scared to Death is Campfire, Paranormal Horror Stories. And then Is We Dumb is just, me and my uh, friend Joe just being outrageous, like just really kind of over the top humor. Dude, are um, you ever not on a microphone? I know it is weird to be, have it become like second nature where it's like, uh, it, it is kind of, it's, it's nice in a way, like having done it for so long that I, I, I see it with some people who haven't done much podcasting, stand up, performing, whatever. They freeze up and they very much change when they get on mic. And I actually feel like I'm the most me like when I'm talking or yeah. something like that, like I'm very honest, sharing my opinions where like sometimes in regular life, I just, I'm like, I ah, just save it in your head. Like nobody wants to hear it. Like I just keep it in my head. And then whenever I'm in a mic, I'm like, ah, I get to be myself. And yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's a lot of recordings, but it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It is what fun. I, you get to hang yeah, out with new people. That's why I love podcasting because you're an interesting guy and have a cool perspective on life. And oh, thanks. And yeah, so, I, it's- so as a bad as a bad magician, yeah, bad I, magician. I, I always tell people to check out the Black Plague uh, time suck quiz. I feel like it's relevant at the moment. The Black Plague, the Black, time it's suck. fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And the Ed Kemper one, just to just throw you in the oh, deep dude, end. Oh, dude, Ed Kemper, yeah, Jesus, it's a good man. one. It's a great one. Cool. Yeah, if you so can they're... handle a little, you know, fucking your mom's neck, uh, yeah. then Whoa. you can handle Ed Kemper. Yeah, just, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One way to end the show. <laughs> And selfishly, I'd like to end the show with a dad joke for you. Okay. So, Dan, okay. thanks for coming on the show. 
<laughs> you, you so bad. bad. Wow. It was so bad, wow. but I had to do it. Just had to cringe it at the end, dude. <laughs> no, th- thank you. And uh, yeah, big fan, truly. Like, uh, you know, much success, continued thank success you. for what you guys are doing and the the, the uh, philanthropy uh, that you guys do. I always stumble on that word. I'm like, is that how I pronounce it? But yeah, the philanthropic, you know, work you guys do is super admirable. And the way you, you know, take care of other veterans and the success you're having, I fucking love it. So uh, I love watching you guys continue to soar. Yeah. We'd love to have you back on at some point. So thanks for coming on the Black Couple Podcast. And let me know, man, if you ever want me to, I mean, you don't need it, but uh, any promo you ever want me to do, you just fucking tell me. No, I think we need to have you write. So we've been doing these like fake commercial pitches, concepts. I'll I'll have to show you the one that's running soon. But like, I think if you would write one and we'll recreate it. Oh my God, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to. Yeah. We'll show you some weird shit. We'll no, right now, so. no basement mattresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go that dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the Whipple route? Whipple. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show and uh, we'll catch you around. Yeah. Thank and you. Hey, hey, hold oh, on. Oh God. Still, still going. Will XX. Yes. Instagram. Will underscore XX. This is looking it's amazing. coming to Texas soon, people. San Antonio. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, San Antonio, Austin area. Look him up on Instagram. He'll be moving soon. Um, shoot him a DM. Is that okay, Will? If yes, you need sir. some tattoo work, he's tattooed all of us. He's a true oh, artist. Yeah. So Cool. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. That concludes today's training. Any questions? <laughs> Woo! Jump titties, boy!